podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This week on the Marketers Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm joined by Kevin Graham. This is the Match Day Preview Show, the Axon Bulletin. Kevin, how are you? Not too bad, Paul. It's a breakfast show, isn't it? It's a breakfast show, it certainly is. Any, nice and early. The, if any of the listeners or the viewers can tell us the actual time, it would probably be helpful with these. We're now into British winter time or whatever it is. It's I know. very confusing, especially with me and you with small kids who didn't understand that you get an extra... Hour in your bed. No, well, you just don't get it, do you? <laughs> no. uh, we're in this uh, morning, we're in early because you were in on Thursday watching the AC Milan game. First of all, Kevin, you've had a few days to digest everything that's happened in the last week or so. What was your view on some of the positives from Thursday night? As I said on Thursday night straight after, I, I didn't know whether I had got what I wanted out of the game. And now after 48 hours or however long it is, I still don't think I got enough out of the game to actually say that there's a signs or that there's that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I think the game threw up more questions than actually answers, and it's a tough game today going to Aberdeen. Um, these early kickoffs are usually like dull, gloopy, hungover affairs, and they sometimes take a wee while to get going. I'm not holding up holding out too much hope for a performance. Again, I'm being really negative here, but you just have a look at it. The weather's quite... If the weather's the same up in the northeast as what it is down here just now, it's windy, it's showery, um, it's very, very... It's a very autumn day. Um, and it's a quick turnaround for AC Milan to, to today. It was an interesting thing. As I was travelling here, I, I was actually thinking, and somebody might be able to tell me this, have... Did the Celtic team now still stay overnight because of the COVID restrictions? Did they still travel to Aberdeen? Well, would they be in Aberdeen last night staying or will they be travelling up today? Because I know under normal times that their, their, their routine was they would stay close to the away trip mm-hmm. um, the night before. But I know, for, for example, when they were going to Perth, the, the other couple of weeks there, they, they, they usually stay in Dunblane and they've right. never, never done it because of the restrictions. So I'm wondering if the football bubble has seen their pre-match routine absolutely change because Lennon was seen quite a, a strange couple of things in the, his press conference. He's saying that the, uh, the players didn't deserve the amount of changes that happening. They didn't deserve the amount of abuse that they're getting. Uh, they didn't, didn't deserve to be questioned after winning 11 trophies in a, in a row. Obviously, it's just Neil trying to take the, the pressure off, but he was also going on about no fans and a change in their five-year routine that mm-hmm. they've had to come up, come up with. Mm-hmm. And we, we can mock it all we want. But these guys are professional athletes who have been 
who are robots at times, who everything must be perfect. We we know, for example, when the Celtic teams go to these away days, well, they're not away days, but go to the hotels before the games. The rooms had to be set up the exact same way in every every single hotel. Mm -hmm. So when they walked into their private dining area, they didn't have to think where the chicken was. They didn't have to think where the steak was. They didn't have to think where the pasta was because it was always in the same area. That was Brendan Rodgers that brought that in. Yeah. And so all they were thinking about was their game. They didn't need to think about anything else. Now, if that's been absolutely drilled into you for five seasons and it changes, then you hear it all the time with football, football players going like that. It's all these wee small things that matter. It's all trying to get that extra part percent. of the preparation. It's part of the preparation, yeah. getting a wee, getting a wee percentage here and there, so you're you're on top of your game. And it's maybe a wild excuse. It's maybe I'm looking for wild excuses or due to our dropping form, but it could well be. It's something that we don't factor in. And no, we don't because it seems absurd. But you know, it's one of many different. Um, preparation aspects that again as you say you're looking for tiny percentages and I think when Rogers came in and we spoke about this we've spoken about it um, a hell of a lot when he came in there was a whole different culture around about the club and, and the preparation you know some of the things were big like how they travelled to away European ties Kevin some of them were as small as what you've just suggested there so the familiarity uh, wherever they are depending where they're playing um, away from home or at home the preparation's the same so on the one hand, I completely get that because it's part of um, behaving like what you would describe as an elite club. But on the other hand, there must be people watching this going, wow, really? Does that does that matter that much? Um, because the performances, the performances that we've seen this season, Kevin, going back to a point you've made there, and again, I'm just playing devil's advocate with Lenny coming out and saying that um, the abuse, I mean, when we're on a Celtic state of mind, it's no abuse that we're, we're firing out. It's criticism, and it's balanced criticism. I don't think there's any abuse coming out, certainly from, from our channel, but they've got to expect it when the performances are so poor. It, they, they do, and it is part and parcel of being um, a professional football player in the mo- modern age, unfortunately yeah. enough. There's something, though. There's no fans in the stadium, and I'm going to go back to this, there's no fans in the stadium, and again, I'm not using this as an excuse, even though I will stick to my guns with what I says the other night there is, if there were 60,000 Celtic fans in that stadium, we're getting a two-each draw. I still fully believe that. But there's no fans in the stadium, so the only things, that, the only comments the players are seeing and hearing are for social media. So the only ones that they're going to get are the abusive ones. It's not as if they're in the stadium and when they're walking off and the, the travel the travelling fans and that the home fans are applauding them, giving them encouragement. All they're seeing is constant negativity. Yeah. And that must play on them as well. But as you say, criticism's part and parcel with the game. But I do think it's a, a difficult mindset for any human being if all you're going to be reading is negative comments. Hundred percent. Now it's a great point I'm glad you brought up because you could take for example uh, the, the Celtic State of Mind Bulletin so we go out every single day we go out multiple times on match days sometimes five times up to five times Kevin uh, we're putting that out and some of the level of abuse you get not just from Rangers fans because they do tune in on match day they tune in to Celtic podcast but from fans of our own club um, yes it could be quite disheartening but there's obviously a way of dealing with that on this level times that by a million in terms of the kind of uh, criticism that is maybe levied at an elite football club and that's what Celtic are or certainly aspiring uh, to be at and I said earlier in this season uh, in re- reference to Lee Griffiths Kevin I said you know get Tommy Rogic to retire from international football and get Lee Griffiths to retire for social media I think under the circumstances you know removing footballers from uh, those platforms on the whole, wouldn't be a bad thing. Now, I take I take on board the Marcus Rashford situation, which is completely different oh, yeah. because he's using the platform for good, and it's absolutely tremendous what he's doing. But I, I do think, and I'm going back to people maybe that I know that are in the game who you, they do get concerned with what's getting said online. It can make or break their day, night, weekend if they're aware of it. And I just think, you know, maybe from the club's perspective, it would be a good idea in this season, under these circumstances, to try and, um, you know, shut that noise out completely. 
by not being there. It's difficult for the players because some of them will have a sponsorship deals, which means that they've got to be on social media for certain things. Um, it's just one... Does it make the younger generation, and I'm, I'm talking as a, a middle-aged guy here, does, does it make the younger generation feel closer to the players that the fact that they're on these social media sites? Normally, I would but, say, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I would think so, because there is a gap between... It's not like the 1980s, when me and you could go to Celtic Park and the players were there, and the 60s and 70s, where the guys would still stay in their local villages now. They'd, they'd walk from Celtic Park to Barrafield. Uh-huh. You could see them walking up the road. So that's that's different, and I understand social media can make the club and the fans feel closer together, just because that's the, way, that's the world that we're, we're in now. But as you say, Marcus Rashford use, uses it for good. Um, I'm sure if you went through back, back through Marcus Rashford's um, Twitter feed, you would see some abuse from Man United fans uh, if he's had a bad performance in that. Eh? Mm-hmm. It's, it's a difficult thing, and it could be the players have gone through a bad period and they haven't got that unwavering support in the stands. They haven't got today, for example, go, going to Aberdeen, there'd be 1,800 Celtic fans up there willing to sing and fight for them. To give them that reception, absolutely. And if they're going up there this morning on their phones, they might all see, "Aye, you're rubbish. You're rubbish. You were terrible. You're this. You're that." Eh? But that, as you say, that's up to the management. And it's going back to your point, your your very specific point about these tiny margins, Kevin. And I think one of the big margins is mindset, your state mm-hmm. of mind. And if, for example, you're reading abuse, abuse, abuse. It takes a very special individual not to be affected by that, especially if you're a sports person about to prepare for a game. And I think uh, under these circumstances, people might think this is uh, too difficult. It's not. The club could basically take ownership of players' Twitter accounts, you know, just under these circumstances. And by the way, when you see those generic tweets after a defeat or a win, you know, what is it? We go again and all this nonsense, you know, good performance, disappointed with the result, all that rubbish. It's almost as if they're generic tweets anyway. Did you see the Victor Achebe one for four years ago when he was with Stoke? Um, He's obviously copied and pasted a message for his phone, but he's forgot to take out the first line. Right. And the first line says, please can you tweet something like this? So he's copied that and copied <laughs> the message and go, bad result today, lads, but we'll go again. Brilliant. So obviously it's somebody for the club's media we team just, sent We just need to, to employ whoever looks after Musa Dembele's Twitter account, right? Employ them to just look after all the Celtic Twitter accounts. You mean to say accounts. it's no Musa? You mean to say that he's not sitting there tweeting about us, no? <laughs> no chance. Oh, no well. chance. Now we're getting loads of great comments coming in via Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. So for anyone uh, who is watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. Um, and again, before we move on, we've mentioned about you know the state of mind and all that kind of stuff. Kev, I noticed that you're wearing some uh, decent clobber on there today. This actually was sent in from the good people at Max Colba. So tell us a wee bit about that design you've got on you. Max Colba, this 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 design is called Peaceful Hooligan. And Max Colba was set up by uh, a recovering gambling. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. A alcoholic and cocaine addict who went into recovery and he wants to give something back to that to that community, the recovery community, and he wants to make the website a safe space for anybody that's got, got their own addictions or gone through mental health problems uh, to go in and get help, to say that there's always people there for them. So 
you can buy these on the store and all the proceeds, once all the costs and that are covered, go to recovery groups all over Scotland uh, to help them carry on the fantastic work that they do. It's great to hear. I mean, as I say, we're open to collaborations with people, Kevin, and people know if they've been listening into a Celtic State of Mind for about three and a half years that we're all about culture, we're about art, we're about film, everything that you can bring into the uh, into the melting pot because football's, you know, much wider than what happens on the pitch. Um, as Big Andy Milne says, it's more than 90 minutes, isn't it? And that, that's what a Celtic State of Mind taps into. So anybody else who's got initiatives, and certainly anybody who wants to send us some clobber, uh, no problem at all because it's a cracking t-shirt and there's a few out there, so you'll be wearing them over the next couple of days while you're on a Celtic State of Mind. Uh, if you check out the website, it's Mark's Colby uk, and I think this is a, I think it's a fantastic design I think the, the, the guy's got it spot on with the range of clothing that he's got it, it, it appeals to me mm-hmm. and um, so but it's a great it's a great thing that he's doing he wants to give something back to the people that helped him yeah, and he, know, he knows that there's other people out there that need our help everybody's help and it's the same way here at a state of mind if you're in bother and having some problems yourself, just messages, we can put you in touch with great, great people who are going to be able to help you through any difficulties that you're going through in your life at this precise moment in time. We do have some... far bigger than getting, losing games of football. Yeah, you're right. And we do have some great contacts, Kevin, as you say. So uh, never ever hesitate to get in touch with us and we can speak to you in the first instance and we can put you in touch with some, some great contacts that were built up over the last few years as well, Kevin. Now, some interesting things came out through Neil Lennon's press conferences since uh, obviously the two defeats to Rangers and AC Milan one of them that I, I want to highlight is the Shane Duffy comments because Shane Duffy did come in for criticism directly from myself Kevin because for me two disappointing performances at the heart of Celtic's defence were leaking too many goals that we should be preventing you come up against an AC Milan side who we know their quality but when you look at the actual goals that were scored Kevin particularly the first two um, you're thinking to yourself, you know, their performance isn't that bad, but their goals are very, very cheap. And the one at the very end of the game, you know, I, I was very critical of Shane Duffy because I just felt it was bad positioning. Uh, he was slow to react. You know, the, the guy, he made the, the boys' job easy. And the game looked at 3-1 like a bit of a pace than at home. But as you say, we were actually chasing a 2-2 in the last 10, 15 minutes. So when we're looking at Shane Duffy, Neil Lennon comes out and two things uh, spring to my mind. The first one is he hasn't played competitive football for a number of months before he, co- he comes to Celtic. And then he, you know, he's played 14 games in quick succession. I totally take that on board because I kind of mentioned the fact that you know he is playing a lot of games. You would think that might benefit him. But again, uh, obviously he's getting no rest because in the international breaks, he's a captain of his country. Then, the other one was, uh, I think I tweeted out, that my, my big concern about Shane Duffy, uh, it may actually be a fitness issue, and of course that's been confirmed as well. Dental um, issues coming up to the Rangers game probably shouldn't have played. So, I mean, for you, does that kind of uh, make up for the fact that the, there's been two bad performances? There's nothing we can do when we don't have the backup. It's not as though we could play someone in his place. Um, we're hoping that uh, this afternoon against Aberdeen, we're going to see the real Shane Duffy. I would hope so. Um, I think the problem that we've got with Shane, and I, myself, I was a bit harsh on him on Thursday night, I know I was. Um, I think you compared him to Maslorovic, Kev. I did, but then <laughs> I did send out a wee jokey tweet when um, Joe Blog City, who runs the Celtic, is it the Wiki? The Wiki, uh, yeah. Helps the Wiki. I did say I was a bit hard on the Daniel Mostorovich there, eh, but that was a joke. <laughs> it was a joke. Um, let, let's, Shane Duffy, when he came to us, was built up as the love child of Bobo Baldy, Hercules and Maldini. The, the fact that we chased him for so long, he was built up and he into a colossus player. No, a guy that hadn't played for quite a few months mm-hmm. and all of a sudden he's hit a massive run of games. And he's now looking like he's looking like he's struggling. He's looking leggy. He's yeah, look, he's yeah. looking under pressure. He's looking like I don't really know what's going on here. Now there there is there could be a couple of reasons for this. One reason, as you say, he's injured. He's playing through the pain barrier for us. Another reason is 
lack of cohesion with his partners at the back. Mm-hmm. He's still learning to play alongside him. Lack of maybe setup for the coaching staff. Or it could just be that the games are catching up with him. And the fact the fact is we haven't got anybody else that, that he's maybe just got to take a step back. He's maybe just got to he's maybe putting too much pressure on himself. If Julian was fit right now, Duffy would be dropped. Definitely. He'd be on the bench at Petodre today. Definitely. But he's he's one of only three centre halves that we have at the moment at the club who could play. So he will start. I'm going to ask you about the shape of the team and, and your personnel, Kevin. But Duffy, for me, and actually Scott Brown, are two people I'd like to discuss before we, we look at the team lineups. We've got to... We spoke about state of mind. Duffy's got to shut everything out that's been says... Me, me, and loads of other people over over the over the last few days. He's got. He came out after the Rangers game with what's it? Somebody called it birthday care pish, and they just go in the park and do it, which is fine. That's what football players do now. That they use their social media for that. And as we've already spoke about, it can be for good. And, it can be for good or bad. But he's got to shut everything out, mm-hmm. and the coaching staff have got to have took him aside or worked on something over the last couple of days to get him, his mindset back 100%. There's a lot of pressure on on him. He's made it quite clear that he's a Celtic fan. He understands what it means to me and you sitting here and everybody else watching at home. Um, So he just needs to relax and play his game. And Celtic, the coaching staff, maybe need to set the team up to allow him to play his game. Allow him to feel comfortable in a back line, and allow him to allow him to settle. He's still settling. Like, that's not, even though he's got all the experience, he's a vastly experienced player. He's still settling into the biggest football club that he's ever going to play for, mm-hmm. and that is a massive. I can I, I, I would struggle to think how I could get my head around that. Well, again, I, I just think today is pivotal in so many ways. Kevin, and uh, one of the reasons I brought Duffy up is I just think, you know, I'm not going to say it's his, it's his last chance, but today's the day for a performance from Duffy, absolutely no doubt about it. Before we start looking at the team lines, I want to also speak about Scott Brown. And you're going into a game at Petaudry, and, you know, ordinarily you couldn't think of uh, going into a battle like that without Scott Brown if you go over the last several seasons. Um, I think when I'm, I'm looking at the team that I'm picking here, and I'm a massive Brown fan, Kevin, I've written various articles on uh, you know, how pivotal he is and how important he is to Celtic's success, not only previously, but this season, of all seasons. Is he droppable for a game like this after the last two performances? He is droppable for a game like this, um, but I don't think he will be. Uh, but I understand, and I says it sitting here myself, understand that the team looked far better going forward on Thursday night after they left the pitch. Mm -hmm. But this is completely different circumstances today. We're going to to Pataudry, a tough venue, playing against a team who have won six out of their last eight games, who probably should have bet Dundee United to make it seven ones out of eight if the referee would have done, done their job. Uh, who have got legs in the middle of the park with Ferguson, McGeoch and McCrory. And that's a young midfield, well, apart from McGeoch, but if it's Ferguson and McCrory, that's a young midfield. And they're three points behind Celtic. And they're three points behind Celtic. Um, so I can't see Scott Brown being dropped for today's game. If it was, um, I think, at home or if it was against a, what I would call lesser opposition, I think that would be a... That would be a decision be that, a Lenny, that, that a Lenny would need to make. Um, again, I will ask you your team lines in a few seconds, but I'm going to have a look at some of the comments coming in, Kevin, on YouTube, Facebook and Twitter. And uh, some of the comments are tremendous that come through, Kevin. And obviously, we're monitoring this as best as we possibly can on a, a kind of live basis to root out any issues from elsewhere. But Liam McLaughlin, um, welcome to the show, Liam. You're watching on YouTube. Massive game today. Three points is a must. Hopeful of a good performance to come on the Celts. Now, leading up to the AC Milan game after a series of bad performances, Kevin, it's got to be said, which culminated in a defeat in the Glasgow Derby. We wanted a good performance to set us up for today. I mean, Thursday night, any result would have been tremendous. You know, if you got the 2-2, which, by the way, I think 
we weren't far away from getting and achieving, then excellent. But it was all about the performance moving into today's game because three points is an absolute must. And Magnet67, good morning, fellow Tims. What better way to start game day than with PGD and friends? Hell, hell, you are a friend, Kevin, that's for sure. And it's just the two of us that's going into the match day today. Normally, we do have a couple of pundits, but from time to time, I think it's good just to get the old, uh, the original lineup back in place, Kevin. And uh, Stephen Forbes, let's hope we're not discussing Lennon's future after today. Uh, and are talking about a convincing performance and a confidence boost ahead of the trip to Lille, a hard-fought but deserved 2-1 for Celtic. Now, that's interesting because I have got plans, depending on how the game goes today, for the post-match, and you know, part of the plans will be that very discussion that Stephen has just intimated, um, if it's if it's necessary, because it is a discussion we're going to have to have, isn't I st- it? I still think that we may be having this discussion, even if we do win. I still think this discussion's got long to rumble because I can see a fracture in the support. Oh, massively. Uh, the, um, and if we, if we can see it sitting here, then the people in charge can see it. And the people in charge have got more information than us and then some of the stuff that we've just seen that could well be made up. And the people in charge have already discussed it, I'm sure. Uh, if, if there is something to be discussed. Which I could, think there is. There is, isn't there? I mean, you look at the, the Duffy situation. We're not here. We're not in the game, Kevin, of getting all this information and trying to release it to make us out to look like we're in the know. That Duffy uh, comment about his dental um, issues, that was sent to us. That was sent to us. I got that via WhatsApp. So that this information is spreading like wildfire. I don't know who the, the mole is. I don't know who the source is. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. But before before you know it, everybody's getting this information. So when Neil Lennon comes out yesterday and confirms it, you think, well, there's another bit of information that's been released, you know, days before it's it's actually been confirmed. So that's a massive issue. And that's something that, you know, the the board will have discussed. 100%. Definitely. But you have to, whoever's leaking this, we need to work out what their end game is. Why are they doing it? What good does it does it do them a release this information? Deliberate, deliberate Del- agitation. And that's what I find difficult to actually compute. That's what I find difficult to get a handle on because anybody that I think about or any area of the club that I think about would benefit. I can't find an area of the club that would benefit leaking this information. But remember, you, you think back, Kevin, and um, I was on my way up to Malone's for one of the games at the time and um, you get the message and it's all about the China discussion, Brendan Rogers, um, and then obviously Desmond and Peter Lowell and that meeting and all that kind of stuff. And you're reading that thinking, well, seems a bit absurd. Turned out to be true. That was months and months before it was confirmed as true. So that these leaks have, have been at Celtic Park for a long time. I think that Rogers one was very clear who that benefited when it came out. Yeah. So you could probably quite confidently point an elbow and know where that came from. Mm-hmm. Because who did it benefit? Way the team leaks and that WhatsApp text that everybody seems to have had, I'm sitting there going, who does that benefit? It can only benefit someone who is uh, deliberately undermining Neil Lennon. Because it doesn't come back well on Lenny when there's players leaking information, for example. Um, I mean, there's loads of other stuff, which I'm not going to mention, that was in that text regarding Duffy, because I can't confirm if it's true, and I'm not going to agitate for the sake of it, Kevin, but you've probably got the same message. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of quite concerning stuff in that message. There is, and if, but and if seemed, it's all true... But there seemed to be a wee bit of Neil Lennon bingo in there. Mentioned certain things that were mentioned when he was at Hibs, mm. which have been mentioned all over his career. Mm-hmm. Um, it always seems to be when we hit a wee spell, like when Neil hits a wee spell. He's on a, like he's on a short leash with the Celtic I, support, Kevin. I've said that. Anytime Neil has, a, has had a spell like this in management, 
these rumours mm-hmm. always come to the fore. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's another thing that when we're talking about social media earlier on, the players are reading what the supporters are saying about the manager. Yeah. So if the players have got any doubts whatsoever, they might be going, oh, it doesn't really matter if I try a leg here because the supporters didn't like him and they might not be here for long. It's a matter of time in a lot of their minds. Now that's concerning in itself if there's a player or group of players who have that mindset. Because you won't, obviously, you spoke the other night there about the Holy Trinity. At this moment in time, we just need to make sure that the manager and the players are together. Aye. Because that, that's a big concern. That's, There's always going to be fractions in the support. I mean, I mean look, today, uh, a lot of folk will say, we want to, the team to give us a performance. Mm-hmm. I want the team to give a performance for themselves. They need to look themselves in the mirror. They don't need to look me in the mirror. They need to look themselves in the, in the mirror and give a performance for them. And no for us, because a performance for us doesn't really matter. It's a performance for them, being professional sportsmen, that they need to that they need to give. I they can't forget about us, but we've got to a point now where they need to do it for themselves. And the gaffer. And the gaffer, or, or football players. Real, well, football players are only uh, can get the gaffer the sack if they want to. And we've seen that happen on occasions where players weren't playing for one manager in the following week. They're world beaters again, and I hope that's not going to happen here. But the players need to, the players and the coaching staff, I'm going to bring the coaching staff into this, need to get a performance out there today for themselves. Now, Kevin, you've mentioned something there that, that's 100% right, in that we've got a squad of players here, we've got a team of players, even with all the injuries, even with the illnesses, uh, that's going to result in us missing maybe six or seven first team players today that should a manager come in or, or whatever, you'll see a complete change if this is the issue. If it's an issue with a group of players who aren't playing for the gaffer because the players are there, the talent is there and that would be the saddest thing of all if that is the case. Now, Ken Walsh, a good friend of a Celtic State of Mind, good morning to the wig and his wee boy. <laughs> this is going to continue and continue, isn't it? Now, Joe Porter, who... Um, by the way, Ken, great to hear from you. And uh, yeah, hopefully Ken. it won't be too long before we can get a, a wee catch-up in Malone's at some point when you're over from Ireland. Joe yeah, Porter, who comments regularly via YouTube, My Money is on 3-2 Celtic. Before I ask you for your prediction, Kevin, I'm going to ask you for your team. And obviously a big part of that is how we're going to shape up. OK, so I, I thought about this. Aberdeen have been playing a 3-4-1-2 mm-hmm. uh, since the start of the season. And even when they've lost McKenna, They've still kept with the three, the three at the back. So I'm no tactical at all. And thinking about the other night and thinking how we maybe need a strong backbone of guys that we that we feel like should be leading the team. Um, I went Barkas and goals. Fringpong at right back. Duffy, Ayer and Laxalt. A midfield three. A, a Cham, Brown and McGregor. And up front, well, a front three of Christie, Aiete and Moy. So I'm going a 4-3-3 because Aberdeen are playing three at the back mm-hmm. and you can put three guys on their, ba- on their back three and also I don't know if Johnny Hayes is going to make it for Aberdeen either. So he gives them that sort of... Hayes and Hodges are like these two sort of wing-backs. Right. So I don't know if Johnny Hayes is there and Johnny Hayes will not like... If it's not Johnny, if it's not Johnny Hayes, then Christie could have a better. Christie and Moy could have a better joy down the wings. Are you looking at a four-three-three? A four-three-three. Interesting, uh, because that that's becoming uh, quite a trendy um, formation. All of a sudden, probably I, I wonder if four-four-two will ever come back. It's probably the first time I've ever been trendy in my life. Well. You know, that's another discussion. But I'm interested in so many people you've you've chosen there. First and foremost, I thought Laxalt was, over the last two games, one of our best performers. So he, he's definitely oh, going to start. Definitely. The question would be where? You've got my left back. He's one of the, he was one of the first names on the team sheet. I don't, I don't think uh, him and McGregor were the first the first two names on the team sheet. I thought him and McGregor worked well. He did. D- down, down that left-hand side. And when I'm looking at the team... Laxalt, McGregor and Moy all down that left-hand side, all intelligent football players and the energy that Laxalt brings down there. Because um, it's quite an narrow team. If you play a 4 3 3 you're going to get... The wood needs to come for your fullbacks. Mm-hmm. So that's what I believe 
um, you'll see McGregor and, and Moy helping out Laxalt on the left hand side. So we had three what I would call um, effective substitutions on Thursday night in Christie, El Yunusi, and Rogic. Of the three, Christie was absolutely tremendous. When you look at the amount of involvement he had in creative um, plays through uh, Christie, it was there were seven that I counted. You know, and it obviously set up the goal. He is an absolute certainty to start today um, because everything that we do creatively throughout this season has come through Ryan Christie. Has El Yunusi done enough to start? I, I mean, he it. scored, obviously, but um, you know, I'm also thinking of the Rangers' performance as well. I'm thinking of the two games and El Yunusi's performance against Rangers was poor. He's come on, he scored another important uh, European goal. It could have been um, the start of a monumental fight back. But enough to start. I think so. I think we actually, I think we actually need um, more attacking options, and I think you saw it the other night when we brung on that extra attacking player and Christie when we took off Walsh and brought Christie on for him. Uh, you saw the change in the dynamic of the team. One of my friends texts me, Stuart, and he he had watched the game again, and he says when we went to a back four and brought on Christie, you could see the uh, the, the team looking more comfortable. Actually, with the formation, the setup, and the fact they started going forward, mm-hmm. and that was and again, I'm, I'm not going to go too tactically in it. I think that was because we added the energy of Christie and another attacking option. There, it was easier for them to play from muscle memory. We are back four and that sort of midfield setup rather than trying to. We all loved the three-five-two last year, and it now seems to be that. Every Celtic fan is now thrown in the bin, saying it's rubbish, we can't play it, we won't use it again, which is just shows you that you can't be a manager on Twitter. Well, another player I'm going to ask you about is Ncham, who, again, Thursday night, that was the Ncham that you and I have waxed lyrical about many times, Kevin. It often does happen in Europe. Uh, technically, tremendous footballer. Don't see it enough. What's his role for you today? I think we, we, when you've got Cham and Christie... On the right-hand side, for me, Christie can be in Cham's legs and mm-hmm. allow Cham to do what he's good at, which is basically dictate the play, break things down, uh, no break things down, actually create things. Um, also as well, with that midfield free, I think we noticed when Cham dropped back into Brown's position the other night, that is his best position, the sort of libero, like, register position. Rather, rather than in the hole, I don't think he's good further up the park. I think he needs to drop back a bit. But the problem that you've got when he drops back to the brown role is: has he got the defensive nonce to actually do it? Has he got the has he got that attitude to actually be the? Because if you're playing that role, mind you, Pirlo never done it. Pirlo, but he just read the game. Um, I'm not. I'm no way. Uh, Comparing Champ to Pierlo, I wish he had just come and played a year in the hoops. Pierlo, what you know, he, he he would have looked great in the green and white hoops. But I'm going to tell you my team, Kevin. And again, it's um, I'm not tearing everything up and you know throwing the baby out with the bathwater here. But there are a few changes that I would make, and one of the changes would be the shape. You know, yeah, three at the back's great if it's working. It simply isn't working at the moment, so we change it. If you ask me, we change it. So I'm going for four at the back with Barkas and goals. Barkas is coming for a lot of criticism. You know, it's come and gone this season, but certainly in the last couple of games, he's been criticised again, uh, Kevin. And, you know, we've got to look back on the fact that of all the people we went to sign this transfer window just passed, and we put out a couple of podcasts asking about um, how satisfied fans were with the transfer window. At the time, most people were the only, the only point that was being made was we wanted Foster and we got Barkas. But I mean, it's not as if Barkas was just a last minute addition. He, he's someone that had been scouted, possibly since the, the encounters with Athens a few years back. Four and a half million pounds, different type of goalkeeper than Foster was. Nowhere near, so far, we've not seen it, nowhere near the shortstopper that Foster was. But there's other aspects of his game that he does differently and perhaps better in terms of the um, the quick feat of getting the ball and playing it almost as a sweeper when we've got the space to do that. Um, and I know that that's something in modern football that is almost necessary, you know, for the goalie to be able to distribute the ball. So, Barkas is in goals for me. Frimpong is an important player today because he's not going to be 
right up the uh, in the offensive area of the park um, to start off with. I've all already aired my concerns about his defensive qualities, Kevin, so it's going to be very important that Ayer in the centre of defence is going to cover him when he's rampaging down the right-hand side, which I will be expecting from Frimpong. He's playing right-back, but I want him to play as an overlapping um, right-back, not as a wing-back, because I think there's two different positions. You're a right-back first and foremost, and you're overlapping. If you're a wing-back, then you're offensive first and foremost, and you're tracking back. Um, so Frimpong on the right-hand side of the defence, but with loads of support required, I would guess, from Ayer. Ayer starting alongside Duffy, because I wouldn't start a game today without Duffy and Ayer playing together. I mean, Welsh, has he done all that bad? Probably not. He probably hasn't. We, we changed him because we were changing the formation on Thursday night. Um, he came off against Rangers having, I thought, had a decent enough performance on an individual level. So... I wouldn't play him because we need to go with Duffy and Ayer. And by the way, if Julian was fit, it would be Ayer and Julian today for me. And left back, and bringing Taylor back because I just think we have leaked goals. We've been hemorrhaging really, really simple goals, Kevin's Weak, cheap goals, and we need to try and tighten that up. But again, what I'm looking for from Taylor is a wee bit of link-up play with Laxalt, who will be playing in front of him. I think we've got a player in Laxalt who, you know, once we click as a team he will shine. What he showed against Rangers and particularly against AC Milan is a strength, a, will, a willingness to get stuck in when necessary. But, I mean, he's a strong runner. You, you've seen a lot of the times when he's running with that ball, you think he's just about to lose it, but he gets through it. And, you know, that's a, a part in his play that you've seen for Uruguay at the top, top level. So, like, Salt's going to be important for us today. Um, it's taken a lot of the, the onus off Taylor, who just needs to defend today for me. And don't worry too much about the overlap. We're looking for the overlap from Frimpong. Um, Brown and McGregor, thought long and hard about Brown, but he is, you know, despite the fact that we did perform better when he came off on Thursday night. This is a different game, Kevin. You've mm-hmm. said that already. We're going into battle today at Pataudry, and we need, we need Brown for battles like that. McGregor, what I liked about him on Thursday night was his link-up play with Luxol. Salt. You've mentioned in Chairman Frimpong on the right, which was great. But I think McGregor and Luxol done similar over on the left. Um, and I am looking for Encham to do exactly the same with, with Frimpong today. And when Frimpong's rampaging forward, Encham just sits back that wee bit. Um, Christy, first name in the team sheet for me, Kevin. And it's not a free roll, but he is, you know, he is actually gliding into the, the forward position, but also coming back. The work rate's unbelievable from Christy, particularly when he loses the ball himself to get back and, and win the ball back and get goal side of it. That leaves me with just the one forward player although Christie will be playing off, off of them, so the one striker, and we've got three options up front, Kevin. We've got Lee Griffiths, who started um, ineffectively, I've got to say, on Thursday night. We've got a Yeti, and we've got Clamalla, so who do you pick? And of those three, going over the last couple of games, I'm going to go for a Yeti. I'm going to pick a Yeti up front. So there's players like Rogic, who was very impressive on Thursday night, I thought, when he came on. Rolling back the years, we're talking about him like he's Roy Race at 34. He's only 28. <laughs> you know, um, El Yunusi, yeah, we, we actually needed that from him on Thursday night because I thought he was really poor against Rangers, but he's not done enough for me to start today. But he's a great option on the bench, and we're going to have other really good options on the bench in the shape of Turnbull, for example, who I thought about in place of Brown. I did think about him, different types of players, and I know that, but I would definitely be thinking about how to fit Turnbull into this side. He doesn't make it for me today. But that, that's how I'm going to set up. And I'm going to ask you again, before I go back to some of the comments that are coming in on the social media channels, for a prediction for today's game, Kev. Yeah, yeah, what you mentioned about Griffiths and Rogic, yes, Big Tam had a, a wee cameo role, which was fantastic. He's second, and, because he done he done well against St. Johnson as well, didn't uh-huh. he? But I've got a worry about his fitness. Mm-hmm. I've always had a worry about his fitness right enough. He only seems to be... Um, can last 60 minutes and Griffiths I think for all his energy in the first 20 odd minutes against AC Milan the other night he, he fell completely out of the game and it was actually no surprise to see him disappearing at half time um, my prediction um, you may want to hold that uh, once I check to see if the team lines have been confirmed because there's quite a lot of people talking about the team and um, I can confirm that it's nothing like what we've just said so Bain starts, Barkas is out. We've got Duffy, Ayeti, Christie, Rogic, Cham, El Yunusi, Frimpong, Ayer, McGregor, and Luxalt. So Brown is out also. Now, 
let's just digest that team line for a second. I wasn't planning to speak about the team until the actual pre-match, but it's came out slightly earlier on Celtics. Probably before it comes out on the leak, it's came out on Celtics' Twitter page. So how are we going to line up looking at that team line then, Kevin? No Scott Brown, uh, no Barkas even on the bench. Hazard is the substitute goalkeeper. Um, are we going to read into that as he picked up an injury? What is the story there? Barkas completely out of the squad and Bain comes in for, I think it'll be second start of the season because he started against Hamilton, didn't he? Uh, What's yes. your thoughts on this then? A couple well, of shocks in there? Def- definitely. Uh, definitely put on the spot there. Uh, now, what I would actually that, say... That's the good thing about doing a live show. Know, we can react I, instantly, Kevin. Um, I would possibly say Barkas must be injured. The fact that he's not on the bench. Um, yeah, because if you're dropped, you still keep him in there, you? still keep him in yeah. the bench. Um, so I'm just trying to, I can you're, I can you're doing the smart bit and trying to write it down. Um, I'm really surprised that Brown's not there. Callum McGregor's a captain, obviously. So have we went a 4 2 three, one, maybe? I would... Well, let's, let's let's try and make this a wee bit easier. Who's who's playing in Brown's role? Who's playing in Brown's role for you? Cham. Right. And if in Cham's playing there, and you've got El Yunusi, Christie, and Rogic all playing, that's where's f- where's Rogic playing? It's a four-two-three-one. Four-two-three-one. It's a four-two-three-one. Right. So you've got uh, Cham and McGregor as a, as a two. You, you've got the three as El Yunusi. Christie and Rogic with IAA up front with Fring Pong right back Laxalt left back Duffing uh, Ayer that's why I said it's a 4 2 three, one. he's went back to the old tried and trusted, uh, tested uh, I'm just having a look at the on the bench as well Soros there Turnbull's there Ralston's there uh, Welsh Interesting team line, as always, from Neil Lennon. I mean, we've been talking all week about whether or not Scott Brown could be dropped against Aberdeen at Pataudry. Jim Moore said, no, that couldn't happen, and he gave us a really good balanced uh, reasoning behind it. I tended to agree with him, even though you know, I was conceding the fact that when Brown came off against Milan, Kevin, Celtic looked like a far better side. And um, Rogic thrown in. El Yunusi thrown in. It's it's very it's very interesting. Of all of them, uh, the the the, um, the additions, I think, as you say, Bain, that must be due to injury because um, you know Barkas has dropped entirely out of the the squad. Does it worry you at all that 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 team almost sporadic in its nature, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot of changes. Does it worry you in any way when we make four or five changes like that? We we, we seem to be a a rabble of team individuals. But no set up as a team. Your, your wee mate the other night, James, made his, his European debut on a Celtic State of Mind. And at one point, we, there was a great passage of play. And he says, Oh, it's Lenny Ball. And we all laughed because we thought, Wow, that, that's a good term. But this is like, you know, an, another version of Lenny Ball where he's picking balls out of hat. Aye. We seem to be like sort of stuck together by sellotape there. And it's really quite. I wouldn't have picked that team. Nah. Uh, as I say, I had Brown in my team. I mean, having a look at it, I'm just. I got the back four right. Two of the midfield. The only one, only one different. Well, obviously, Barkas is different. Moyrogic Moy and Bain are the three that I didn't expect in there. But again. Um, so it's only Rogic and Bain are the difference for my team. Mm-hmm. So I maybe shouldn't be too surprised. I think he's just seen Scott Bain there's maybe just through my through my mind. Um look, that is a hellier talented team. Of course it is. Whether they're going to work as a team and no and no and no hopscotch or talented individuals is another is another story. Um, whether they're going to be allowed to play football today um, is another thing. So, look, last week's behind us, eh? This is another week, another game, another chance to make amends. As I've already said, the players have got to date for themselves. They've got to go out there and get a performance for themselves. My own personal thoughts is, for the first time in a number of seasons, 
this is no your league to lose. This is your league to actually, we'll have to go and attack this league now. We'll have to actually go out and win this league. And I'm quite comfortable with that because you've got you've got you've got to embrace different situations than what you've been used to. It's football; these things happen. You've got to breathe it in. You've got to love. You've you've got to love it. You've you've got to. Aye, we're going to need to attack this league probably for the first time in a wee while. We're going to need to win this league, and no, it's no for us to give up now. Um, it's no for us to lose. I, I kind of lot of folks say that. Oh, this is Celtics to lose. Well, I don't think it is anymore. I think this is now Celtics to win. And I'm quite comfortable with that. All right. Well, it's a bold. It's a bold team. It's a bold set of changes that Neil Lennon has made. We're going to be digesting it over the next forty-five minutes, Kevin, because we'll be back for the actual pre-match at half past. So it's only thirty-five minutes in actual fact. Throwing a wee curve ball there. So thanks everybody who let us know that the team lines were out. We reacted instantly. Kevin was lost for words for a wee minute or two. But um, yeah, interesting team line. Very attacking uh, team line, Kevin. And the proof is, as they say in the pudding, we could be having a post-match where we are lauding the brilliance of that uh, selection or it could be something completely different. Uh, we will be back at half past 11 uh, for the half hour run up to the game, by which time everybody will have digested the team line and we might be able to figure out how we're actually going to line up. So thanks everybody who has been involved in this morning's uh, match preview. But all that's left for me to say is Kevin Graham, thank you for joining me once again on a Celtic State of Mind. Thank you very much, lads. Report. Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Social Podcast Network. Sports 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 Social Podcast Network. Bedtime is rough. Even for Peanut. That's why people will try anything to fall asleep. Headstands before bed, even blowing bubbles. But Ashley has a trick that works every time. A new Tempur-Pedic mattress. It adapts to your body's needs to help you fall asleep faster and stay asleep longer. You'll wake up feeling refreshed every day. Even Peanut agrees. So ditch the wacky bedtime rituals. Head to Ashley to take home a Tempur-Pedic today. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network.